Hey everyone, Nikki James Elner coming at you live today from Virginia Beach. I am joined by the lovely and talented Daniel Holmes, who is coming to us from Florida. And hopefully it's a little warmer in Florida than it is here today. <laughs> a little sunnier and warmer down in Florida. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely warm here. We feel like summer has already started. It's been in the 80s for like a week. <laughs> which we had sounds a day. really nice yeah. until it's, you know, in the hundreds by like June. <laughs> yeah. That's like we had a day of 80 and then it went straight to 50 high of 50 and it's been raining for the last three days. So quarantine fun, you know, over here, we've resulted to puzzles for sure. <laughs> so um, Danielle's here today to talk to us a little bit about exploring Montessori parenting. And I honestly had no clue in concept as to what that was until I started following Danielle over on her Instagram account, working Montessori. And she just, so, Danielle is an academic, right? And Danielle loves to read books and loves to gather resources. And I find it extremely, extremely satisfying to be on the receiving end of Danielle creating race resources that make me a better parent, right? <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Because like, oh, you're definitely my go-to when I'm in a parenting panic. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only a little bit ahead of you in the, in the parenting world. I only have... Uh, maybe a year extra of, of parenting and then I'm navigating two at the same time. So why don't you um, tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us a little bit how, you know, you became a parent if you want to go into that story. And also just tell us a little bit about like what being a parent has, how has that changed you and how has that changed kind of the direction that you were going you know, in life. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, being a parent changes us all. Like, you think it might not, but it does always changes, changes yeah. everything. Um, so I guess like being a parent for me was a big shift in like how I spent my time, um, being purposeful. And, um, I think probably trying to navigate anxiety and stress in new and different ways. Um, I, I don't really think I realized until after I became a parent how I maybe didn't always deal with things as well as I thought I did um, because, you know, just added this extra stress load um, and extra anxieties, whether they're things that we should worry about or not. Like I think sometimes as a parent, you just worry about extra things. Um, and I think some of that can probably have to do with how I became a parent. Um, so my husband and I have children. And um, ended up going the adoption route, um, and then that adoption was just not what we would call a traditional circumstance. Um, and so we became parents very suddenly, mm -hmm. um, which was joyful because we got to bring home this beautiful baby boy that we love so much, um, who just turned two. But it was definitely a shock to the system when you are like, oh, like it's something that feels really theoretical and future possible. And then suddenly it's like, oh, I need to go to Target and buy lots of baby things. Yeah. Um, like the, anyway. I got a text from you that literally said, surprise, we've just brought home a baby. I need to talk to you now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was pretty wild. And so because of that, I at the time had been freelancing running my own business as a copywriter and editor. And that's how I knew you through a nonprofit um, that we were both involved in. Mm -hmm. And overnight I was like, Oh, I have to like come up with another game plan. Like, what does this even look like? Like, oh, I have to figure out childcare. 
Um, but I, I think that despite how sudden all of that was, one of the things that has been really um, wonderful that's come out of how long we wanted to have children um, and then just the way we became parents was it gave us the opportunity to have done some previous reading. We've gotten to see our friends parent um, and see things that we wanted to take away from how they do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just gave us the opportunity to be, I think, more purposeful about how we chose to do that. Um, my husband and I, we work really hard to try to stay on the same page for big things, um, which, I mean, marriage is always like its own thing and trying to navigate that. Um, but we, we've worked really hard to be on the same page. And so one of the things that we both agreed on was just the idea um, behind Montessori, like parenting or schooling. Um, we just saw it as a way to really let a child grow into who they wanted to become um, and to really just like embrace like innate things about them um, that I think sometimes get stifled in a traditional school system. And so and we both had good childhoods. Um, and I think there's things that we do similarly and things that we do differently than how we were raised. Uh, but I think mostly just uh, how we became in ways that we might not have been um, had we had children when we originally wanted to. Mm-hmm. So tell me if for somebody who's not familiar with Montessori, what is Montessori? Like in basic principle, what is Montessori? So first of all, I want to say this because I, this is one of the things I love about Montessori. So Montessori is named for an academic named Dr. Maria Montessori, who is like one of the first like well-known early childhood development PhDs out there. Like it was established by a woman in the late 1800s, which I just think is mind blowing. Because she's a badass basically. Yeah. She's amazing. Right. It's like, she's, she's Italian. Um, hence the name Montessori. And so she was working with children in Rome who were not uh, well cared for because they were like, um, just like lower socioeconomic, didn't have great resources. And they were kind of written off by society as this group of children who would never amount to anything, Mm -hmm. which is, is so tragic. Um, But she was working with them and she was watching them and she felt like if she could apply the medical and developmental principles that she knew from a scientific perspective, that these kids could just be productive members of society like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she used principles that were based on a lot of like sensory experiences and letting the child lead um, and a lot of practical hands-on work. And it worked. And so these children who normally would have been completely written off by society, um, mm-hmm. who would have become... Um, people that would have to be like cared for long-term and mm-hmm. during that day and age, maybe not even survive to adulthood just because of so many, um, you know, circumstances that we just don't always deal with, especially in the U S right now. Um, but like she changed their lives and she did it by using like scientific child development principles, um, <laughs> which I just think is so amazing and so cool. Um, what are the key yeah. key principle are there like groupings of principles yeah. behind that you mentioned sensory so like what are some of the other ones that maybe is different than a traditional schooling so how is it yeah. different so um in Montessori some of the key principles you're going to be look at is what they call the prepared environment mm-hmm. um so the idea that you as the adult whether it's a parent or a caregiver or a teacher you are doing the extra work to make sure an environment is prepared for a child and mm-hmm. so what that actually looks like it doesn't mean like necessarily fancy things, but what it means is about thinking about the environment in terms of how a child would use it, right? So furniture 
that is set up for a child to use, like chairs that are their height, mm-hmm. or having kitchen utensils that are useful. So not just like a Fisher Price set that's like plastic and chunky, but ones they can actually use mm-hmm. um, that are made for their tiny hands, right? Um, or a space where they can access things, so low set shelves, mm-hmm. um, and thinking about it from a perspective of how can this be accessed or is it too much, right? Like you're not going to have a stack of 30 books out. Uh, right. Because, like for a preschooler, toddler, that's way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of giving things like an environment that is welcoming to them at the stage they're in. Yeah. Um, and so you're also going to be looking at letting the child lead. So the idea that a child's interest is the thing that's going to pull them around mm-hmm. um, to different kinds of learning. Um, and then you're also looking at this idea of the end goal for Montessori is to create a child that is independent, mm-hmm. which is terrifying, right? It's the most terrifying, terrifying thing. Terrifying and also I completely want that. <laughs> and so Montessori training or Montessori like parenting and schooling is going to yeah. have a huge emphasis on what they call practical life, okay. um, which are literally like practical life skills. So <laughs> teaching your kid how to help wipe up a table, how to, he- how to set the table, right. um, carrying things around. In a Montessori classroom, children do a lot of the work of setting things up and cleaning things up in an age-appropriate way. Um, because they need to be seen as valued members of a community. And when we do everything for them, we don't let them be part of our home community. Okay. If you are serving your child all the time, your child does not have purpose in your home. And children need purpose. Oh, gosh. So I sit here and run through, like, my day of, like, where am I not including my child versus, like, taking over a situation because it benefits me and doesn't benefit them, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it and just makes you, I guess, like you and think yeah, and you really have to think about it. You have to slow down. Um, mm-hmm. And I, even I, like you know, it's like how we've chosen to parent, but I still find myself doing those things. Um, right. And like being like, oh, I like, like, oh, here, let me wipe that off for you. And it's like, oh no, like I need to give him the chance to do it himself. Yeah. Um. So principles like that, and then um, probably the other big piece, which is really, um, I think ends up a little controversial in early childhood Mm -hmm. is freedom of movement. Um, So like, so the idea is that a child to be able to physically develop the muscles they need to like walk, to crawl, to have fine motor skills, they need to have freedom of movement. Mm -hmm. Um, So like uh, in a traditional Montessori home, you don't use a crib. Um, So we used a floor bed for our son with the idea that once he was able to roll or crawl, he would be able to leave it himself and have control of his own movement. Mm -hmm. We did occasionally use like bouncers or like, um, like not swings, but like the ones that go in the door frame. Yeah. Yeah. The jumper basically. Yeah. We occasionally use those, but not very often. Um, because the idea that he needed to be able to get out and move and do things on his own, right. Developing that independence. Right. And so that is, and it's one of those things where it's like, I think the end result is really beautiful, but it's hard in the moment. Like, so yeah, like stick them in something and be like, I need well, to I think, I think so many of these things exist a, from a safety reason. Like that's what we're telling yeah. ourselves. It exists for a safety reason. But if you followed the principles of preparing the home, yeah. they shouldn't run into a safety issue. Right. That freedom. Of movement. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that freedom. I mean, of movement. Yeah. 
I read this really lovely, um, this blog, I still follow this blogger cause she's like a, a trained Montessorian. So she's mm-hmm. like had real training, um, the Kavanaugh report. And she talks about if you're preparing a, um, Montessori style room, like for an infant that you should literally get down on your hands and knees and look at the room from their height for safety issues. Oh, like, wow. Okay. That you should like, Oh, like they can access this cord or so we like, you know, we have like cord protectors on the lamp on the wall so he can't just pull on it. You know, we've got out like these slider outlet things on, you know. Right. It's cause it's a safe space in his room. For him yeah. And we were, I remember one time we were like, crawl, we were looking for something crawling around on the floor, looking for something. And I happened from that perspective to notice that a chair that we'd always had, had a nail sticking through the paneling and we would have never seen that right like we would have never seen the fact that there's a very sharp nail that said head could have you know gone right into scraped it on up yeah (laughs) and probably one thing about like having a prepared space like that that's geared to the child that you probably would appreciate as a fellow art lover is they talk about the idea of having artwork that is um height accessible for children Okay. Um, so like when we decorate a nursery, a lot of times we decorate it for an adult, like yeah, artwork is it adult eye level. Children yeah. are not that tall. Yeah. So <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So like having <laughs> artwork that's like at their visual height, um, which also is a safety thing. We have a bunch of frames from Ikea that have acrylic instead of glass in them. So that way, if he mm-hmm. does pull them off the wall, they're not going to like shatter and be a safety issue. Right. But so he can enjoy that aesthetic too. Beautiful. So you guys work from home, you know, for the, for the most part, I know your husband's also active duty. So he also does a lot of things away from home, (laughs) but your workspace is at home. You know, you're a remote worker. How do you juggle, or I don't want to say juggle, but how do you balance juggle? Like how do you incorporate probably a better word, your space and Bash's space, you know, like if he has free reign, are there spaces that are kind of off limits for him? Like, how do you implement this in your home as a working from home parent? Well, I, um, up until our recent craziness, um, <laughs> Bash was enrolled at a Montessori school. And before that, we had a nanny that came in home. So when I was in like chunks of work, he was supervised, whether it was <laughs> at the house or somewhere else. So I do have an office in our spare room. Um, that is not super kid safe. I normally keep the door shut if I'm not in it, though he is pretty good about knowing it's a space that's out of bounds for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then occasionally, like right now, because he was napping when I started this, um, and my office like shares a wall with him, so I don't yep. have any calls while he's napping in there because it's too loud. Um, but I... <laughs> Now he's awake. <laughs> um, but, uh, but one of the things that I'll, I'll do... Um, is I'll work from the table, which is where I am right now. And I, I'll do that if he's like moving around in our living room. Um, but one of the things with Montessori is that you have to keep a really tidy space to make it accessible to children um, and uh, like not as many things out. So I think that's helpful with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of it is just like any working parent at home, um, child care is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but like right now, like that's not quite like what we're doing. Um, right. Because life is different right now. Um, I've been, we've been lucky. Um, the first week of all of this, my spouse was actually already on leave because it was supposed to be Bash's spring break. And mm-hmm. so he was staying home. So we didn't have to pay for childcare. So last week it was, a, I was a little bit spoiled trying to figure out what this would look like. Cause um, <laughs> he was home all week, which was really wonderful. Um, 
and so this week has been kind of an adventure. But thankfully, um, we um, we have kind of been trading off because he hasn't had to be in when he's not doing his actual job. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been kind of like taking that so I can still do work. Um, but we've also been having to like uh, bend a little bit in how we do parenting, right? Because right. Uh, I still have work to do currently, even though I had a business that I was running when Bash was born, I've been working full time for a marketing company mm-hmm. or marketing agency, um, which I really love. They're a wonderful company, wonderful people. Um, but like, we still have stuff to get done. <laughs> like, right. Our clients need things done. Um, and so I've been, you know, a, like a classic, a true Montessori home would probably not have any screen time. Um, and, and I think, and this is one of the things I talk about on my Instagram, Working Montessori, is this idea that in a dual working family, because so many families in America, both people, are, both adults are working. That's right. so normal in our America. Um, is that you can't always do things like 100% in terms of like a theoretical way of doing something, of raising a child, of running your home. Mm -hmm. There's often this kind of compromise that comes into play. And so like we are home with her screen time. We are really picky about that screen time. We really only watch a couple things with him um, because for us, we like want to know like, what is he going to walk away learning? (laughs) Sebastian is um, very like a, verbally advanced so mm-hmm. he's very talkative and he picks things up really quickly which is wonderful um and you just have to kind of watch out for that so we watch a little bit of like daniel tiger we're um super like throwback people and we watch reading rainbow it's Lavar. on Lavar. amazon prime <laughs> he loves it <laughs> um so we've been having to do that with him being home with me i'm thankfully not too much so I enrolled him in an online music class that a friend of a friend is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been like, it takes like a half hour. And so I'll like set up on the couch while he like dances and sings with them. And then I like go back to working um, with him. Thankfully, one of the Montessori principles that they really work on is this idea of developing focus. They see focus as a skill that's learned and practiced just like any other skill, which I think is a really beautiful idea. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think sometimes we have this magical expectation that um, children or adults will be able to just like sit down and focus. And if you don't practice that skill, whether you're a child or an adult, you're not going to be able to. Um, and so I love the idea of some of the things that they have you implement um, with an infant and a toddler to help them learn this skill. And so um, that is great right now because he can really get involved in something, um, whether even you might only be a 10 or 15 minute block of time, but it's like a deep, a deep focus um, and something that has uh, really come in handy in this new, this new tomorrow that we're facing. Yeah. I think what's interesting to me is the fact that, you know, I look back at, at, at how we were parenting, you know, for the last four years and that some of the stuff has been so helpful for the current situation. And some of the stuff is like, wow, we really have to dial back like home expectations versus school expectations and, and start to not model what school was like for them, but kind of remodel the fact that maybe we weren't having as many teaching moments, you know, as we should have had because, oh, we're, we're cooking during this time and we're doing this during this time. And my husband and I grew up in very different style families. Um, His family was very hands-on, was raised very religious. You know, they had a lot of, there, there wasn't a lot of TV 
I'm just going to put it this way. There was not a lot of TV. There was a lot of books. My family could not have been like more opposite than that. Like there was a thousand DVDs and movies. There was every channel of television. There was always food being delivered or frozen or we went out to a restaurant. Right. And so like you said, like you and your husband had to be on the same page about what that looked like. And, and my husband and I are, are always kind of reevaluating, like, what do we want this experience to be like for them? And I am the one who's, I would say, irrational fear of like, something's going to happen to them. And he is the like, nothing's going to happen to them. So the other day, I think Ronan got up on something and, uh, and I asked him, why did, why did you get up there? And he said, oh, well, daddy does this. And I was like, see, Peter, they're watching. <laughs> they're know? always watching. They're watching you. <laughs> in Montessori, they call that, they, um, they talk about the different like development stages in Montessori. Mm-hmm. And the one that they um, talk about for infants and early childhood is the absorbent mind. Yes. And the idea that they are always absorbing. They're like a sponge that picks up everything, whether it's what we're doing, like modeling physically, the words we mm-hmm. use, and even just cues from their environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're little sponges. Yeah. Mine, there's, they'll say something else like, oh, he got that from me. And then he'll do something. <laughs> oh, he got that from you. Right. Like it's very, it, I have never, I, I guess before I was a parent, I did not realize that we do take on the habits and the ideas and, and these kinds of things. So I like yeah. the idea of Montessori from the sense of like letting them become their own person and discover like what it is that drives them within the boundaries of kind of what you've established as a family. Like this is what our family is about, right? Mm-hmm. So what other resources? So you mentioned the the Kaufman report. What the Kavanaugh report. They're so, she's so amazing. And if you yeah. have a baby and you're interested in doing Montessori parenting, yeah. she literally has blog series that go week by week with her mm-hmm. children. She has, I think, three or four. I can't remember right now. Yeah. Um, but she's followed them like, and, and does like activities like week to week, which for me as a new mom was really helpful. Cause in mm-hmm. that like fog of tiredness, um, you're like, Oh, this baby is staring at me. Like, what am I supposed to do with this baby? Like I'm supposed to help it, help its brain grow, but I don't know how to do that right now. Um, so those were like really helpful. Um, like, cause they were like looked at like developmental stuff. So yeah. Wonderful. Um, this is a book because <laughs> I know I'm the academic nerd you reader in our crowd, right? We've got lots of spare time. Yeah. Folks got lots of spare time. Show yeah. all the books. So this is one of my favorite books. Um, I think if you want a really good overview of early childhood Montessori, it's like a little more of a dense read. It's a little more mm-hmm. academic, but it's really great for an overall perspective. So that's Montessori from the start okay. um, by Paula Polk Lillard and Lynn Lillard Jessen. Um, and this is like classic Montessori, um, but they, I loved this because it talked about all of the stuff I needed to know for like setting up floor beds and like the kinds of furniture that we got for our son. Like he didn't ever have a high chair. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a weaning table and then we have a booster seat for our, our tall table. Um, and then it also talks about the why, because I think sometimes if you get into Montessori, if you haven't really looked at why they're asking you to do some of these things, you're like, well, that's just harder. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? I can't, I can't like strap him into a high chair. <laughs> um, and so I think they do a really wonderful job in this book of really talking through age and stage and why they're asking this, um, asking you to do things that are not traditional and that are a little bit harder. Um, and so it's just, I think it's a really good book. Um, we <laughs> read it at night 
in the first few months of Sebastian's life um, and managed to retain a decent amount. So I feel like if you, if we can do that with yeah. unexpected parenting after he had arrived, if you're pregnant, you should just buy it now and read it while you have more time. Um, yes. And if you have an old, an older child, I still think it is really, really helpful. Um, and then, cause we all like something like, all the aesthetics, right? Because we all, that's our generation. So um, this is another really great one, The Montessori Toddler uh, by Simone Davies. And she actually also has like an Instagram and a blog that is really helpful too. Um, and I really like this one because it breaks down like what Montessori is, talks about the core Montessori principles. She has a really lovely section in here on why she loves toddlers, which sometimes I read to remind myself of like things that are great about having a toddler. Um, and then she'll also have these really beautiful flat lay pages that talk about like activities that are like working on a skill. So these are like eye-hand coordination activities. Oh, great. Yeah. And some of them have like specific um something that might feel more specific, like, oh, I have to go out and buy that. But I think she does a really great job of giving you ways to like put things together and build things um, with things you might already have. Because I think that there is an idea out there that Montessori is like really expensive and specific. And I think it can be just like any kind of parenting can be because there's a huge um, desire to feed into like a consumer idea. Right. I think that's just parenting, right? There's like aisles of toys and baby things everywhere you go. Um, so I think that, you know, Montessori can be expensive, but I think you can also use it as a way to like pare down. We don't have that many toys. We rotate the toys that we have. Um, many of the toys that we have can be interacted with at different, different ways um, in different ages and stages. Mm -hmm. And they're toys that will last. So we only have one child, but we have like pushed a lot of things down to our goddaughter, who's about a year behind Sebastian. Um, you know, and if we ever did add to our family, those things would last for more than just him because uh, Montessori does say, if you can like splurge for things that are going to be made from natural materials and be well-made. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I think once you have a kid, especially a toddler, you're like, oh, well-made, that's great because it will actually stand up to them because right. children are the test of how sturdy something is. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> We had two back to back. So, I mean, Ronan is four and a, almost five at this point. Ronan will turn five in July and Owen has just turned three and everything like we've, there, there has been nothing new for the yeah. most part for Owen, except for the fact that, you know, I feel like Ronan gets the new stuff and then we buy the thing that will yeah. work for the second. And luckily Owen isn't too picky. Like he's like, Oh cool. That's mine now. Awesome. Right. It's new to him when it becomes his. But I think sometimes we forget that Owen is at a different developmental stage than Ronan and yeah. we tend to buy everything at Ronan's age level and, and just expect that Owen will be delayed in, in how he plays with it. Right. So I was the younger child of two, but I was the younger child of two by like eight and a half years. Oh, you yeah. Know, so so you were I, almost like, you were an only. The birth order book yeah, pretty much. My sister, my sister was definitely my caregiver for a, a significant period of my life. And um, she always says to me, you know, you had so many different things than I did because our parents were in different life stages when they had us. And I was a total oops. So I was just like, surprise, I'm here to crash your party. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I crashed everybody's party for the most part. <laughs> Don't all children, whether they're expected or not. <laughs> but I, I, I love what you're saying about like, you know, we find 
we love the classic things here. Like I introduced my sons to still lifes the other day, right? Like um, we like to use technology to facilitate conversation and, but most of our stuff, like I think we also buck the consumer idea, right? Like almost everything that we got for our children that was new was something that was given to us in the initial, like, here's your baby shower. Yeah. But I don't know that we went and got anything new, like the entire time that we had babies. Like it just, uh, when everybody asked me, you know, what should I get for my baby? I'm like, okay, you want maybe a boppy pillow. You want, however you're going to diaper, whether that's cloth diapers or, or whatever, you just know that a significant amount of investment is going to happen in the diapers. Right. And if you have the ability to feed, you know, naturally, like awesome. Otherwise, the other section of money for you is going to go to formula. Don't worry about anybody, anything else because that baby's not going to move for six months, right? Like he's just going to be super excited to spend time with his mom and dad or her mom and dad. They're going to be excited to like chill out on the floor and stare at you and like play with like a measuring cup that you give them, right? Like stop, don't spend all the money on six pre six month old baby. But what tips would you have for somebody who's like, okay, they're pregnant now and they're looking to kind of explore Montessori, you know, parenting other than the books, kind of how should they be setting their home up? Right. Well, I think probably one of the first things you can do is really evaluate your space for accessibility. Um, so like I said, I loved the Kavanaugh report. She had a really great perspective on like setting up um, like a child's room, like a nursery space and how to do that safely, but um, give them that access. We tried really hard um, because one of the things they talk about in Montessori is like you're modeling, right? You're always modeling. Mm -hmm. And so um, they talk about like, if you want your child to be able to know how to pick up behind themselves, you first have to learn how to pick up behind yourself, which is really hard. Um, I definitely have like an inner hoarder. And so I, um, I have bucked that a little bit and I now am the person that goes through my things all the time. So I would say, go through your home now and get rid of things that you don't use. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for lack of better term, like Marie Kondo, your house. Yeah. And part of that is because you're going to have so many more responsibilities and things to do when this baby arrives because they are so much work and good work, but work. And so the last thing you want to do is have so many things that you just don't know where they go. Yeah. Um, And so make a space for things before your baby gets there. I would also be thinking about if you really want to try Montessori parenting, what would it look like in your living space? So wherever that child is going to be the most. Mm -hmm. Um, So for us, we have an open floor plan. So that's like our living room, kitchen, dining room area. What does it look like to make that space truly accessible and safe to them? Yeah. And some things they'll learn, right? Like you'll teach them boundaries. But if you are going to set up a space where you're going to give them freedom of movement, you have to be ready for that. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we moved bookshelves out of our living room and into our office because we didn't want to have to spend all our time asking a child to not pull things off a bookshelf because that's just real life. (laughs) Um, We uh, went through our kitchen and we put all of the breakable and really heavy things in um, the like cabinets above our countertop. Mm -hmm. So that way our son can safely open the lower cabinets. Mm -hmm. And he knows now, like some of those cabinets, he doesn't need to just pull everything out um, that I'm going to have to wash later. But if he does do that, he is not going to get hurt. 
Right. Um, because we want him to be able to help us with that. So my son is two and depending on the mood he's in, when I open the dishwasher to empty it, I can ask him to help me put things away. And he's been doing that since he was probably a little, like since he was walking, he's been able to like put stuff away. Um, and that's because we've given him that freedom of movement. So he knows where things go. Right. So I'd really like look at that. Um, and then I would just think about like shifts you might have to make, um, personally to be ready for that. Cause I know for me, there've been so many times where it is so much easier to take the like shorter route of like, um, you know, sticking a kid in a bouncer while you get something done. And I did that with Ash, especially um, when I was like at home during the day by myself um, or during deployments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I, it made me really think about, oh, do I need to, do I need to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, or is there a way to do it a different way? Um, and then I, I just think like, it's one of those things that it's, it's not, I don't think some of the Montessori principles are not like come feel natural because I don't think they're the way that most of us were raised. Cause I think, you know, when we're tired and when we're stressed, we kind of push back into the things that we grew up with, the things that are right. normal to us. And so if you're learning a new way of parenting, like give yourself the space to learn that um, and give yourself the grace to know that you're not going to get it right every time and your kid's going to be fine. Right. <laughs> Right. Like my, my son sings, my son sings Daniel Tiger songs Yeah, (laughs) all the time. Um, and not like we watch it all the time. Um, but when we do, he's loves it so much. He's like zoned in on TV. Um, but you know, that, that's what works for us. Cause when I was working from home and when my spouse was deployed, like I needed to get things done sometimes Mm -hmm. and we couldn't always afford to have a nanny come for the whole day. And so, yeah, sometimes he watched Daniel Tiger and yep. that's okay. It's all right. You know, and I think giving yourself the grace to be able to do it um, partway, knowing you can't do everything perfectly and knowing that a lot of Montessori is following the child. Mm-hmm. And so part of it is knowing what works for your kid. The floor bed worked really great for our son. It was great. Um, but I read, I remember reading when we were like figuring out this floor bed thing, this blog from a Montessori practitioner. And when I say that, that's someone who's like been trained in Montessori. So usually they're a Montessori teacher, mm-hmm. um, and maybe not a current teacher, but they've gone through that training. And, uh, and she talked about how her child could not handle a floor bed. <laughs> right. And she was like a Montessori teacher and she's like, I can't do it. Um, but she said that her daughter was someone who needed the safety of walls to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so they went away from the floor bed for like months and her daughter slept in a pack and play for a while. And then eventually it was okay with the floor bed again, but that for her Montessori and following the child mm-hmm. meant that her kid was not okay with the floor bed. Right. <laughs> um, and so I think if you're going to do it, like approach it as something you want to integrate into your life, but mm-hmm. also know that when you're following the child, sometimes that's going to look different than what you see online. It's going right. to look different than what you see someone else doing. Um, and if you enroll your child at a Montessori school, mm-hmm. um, which are often private schools, though there are lots of public charter Montessoris now. So if you feel like Montessori is out of the reach financially for you, I would encourage encourage you to Google public Montessori schools. There's literally a website where you can look by city to find those public charter schools and figure out how you can like get in lotteries to enroll if one is close to you. Um, and then the wildflower schools, which is like a new Montessori movement, which are, um, 
way less expensive. Um, and those are spreading too. Um, but I, but so if you end up in that environment where it's often a private school, um, we love our son's school, but it is very interesting at like parent nights where you meet all these other parents and you hear them talking about their home lives. Um, I think it's the same advice you give to every parent, right? Like try really hard to not compare you mm -hmm. and not compare your child to other people's children. Um, because every child develops at their own pace. And that is a huge core principle of Montessori is giving your child the space to develop um, yeah. when they will. And that has probably been the biggest takeaway I've had from Montessori is remembering that Bash is developing at the pace that he's going to develop at. And right. There's really, I can facilitate that. I can encourage it. Um, but at the end of the day, mm -hmm. he is who he is. Um, and the like physical and mental limits he has are his own and um, and comparing it is not going to be helpful yeah well I've loved watching Bash grow up so I remember that you know first photo yeah. um when you guys you know you adoption is is different for every person but you, you yeah. were really um I have adopted family members but you were one of the first people that I'd ever met that really had I had seen kind of what your adoption process was like, you know, we had talked about it during what you were preparing for. And then, you know, to see kind of how your world flipped overnight, right? There, it wasn't a, it was like, Oh, we've just finished the home. I don't even know if you'd finished the home test, but it was like magically this child was, was there and waking up, you need to come pick him up from the hospital and he's at your house the next morning. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I remember thinking like, cause I, at this point, I think Owen was only maybe six or seven months ahead of him, you know, maybe a year ahead of him. And I, I just remember thinking like, I don't know that I could wake up one day, not a parent and, and not have like the nine months of preparation, yeah. right. That I had yeah. had like the, that nine months of really thinking about it. But for you, like, it was so beautiful to see how you've blossomed into this really purposeful parent. And you're always, you know, I feel like you're always thinking about like, not only how does this affect me as a parent, but how does this affect my child, right? Like everything that you consider, like you consider things. And I think in today's world, I think we see a lot of, I don't have time to consider that, right? And so I'm hoping that these strange times, for me, I know that it's doing this. And a lot of times when I say something like that, I'm also referencing myself, right? I'm also, you know, um, uh, being reflectful of my own shortcomings in parenthood and my own like, wow, I never realized how far I'd gotten away from what my first intention was. And I think, what I hope that this reset, and I, I choose to call it a reset, <laughs> what I hope that this reset does is um, really show us like we we have to be considerate, right, of, of ourselves, of the people that we spend time with, of the the people, the choices that we make in the world, the environment, all of that stuff, and just being considerate. Um, and that means thinking about someone other than ourselves. <laughs> Every once in a while, thinking about someone other than ourselves. Um, and so I think what you've done, I really enjoyed kind of watching you, you know, and watching Bash's journey and seeing how curious he is and always inspired 
by the stuff that you're posting and the Instagram and the blog. And, uh, and I just, I, I consider you to be a very intentional and purposeful parent. And you're not just doing that for the interweb. Like this is you, this is who you are. And, and I learn so much from you on a regular basis. So thank you so much. That's so encouraging. Um, Cause I do think parenting is by far the most humbling experience I've ever been through. Yes. Um, and I will say that uh, at least in our home, like I feel like I am an equal partner in parenting with my spouse. Um, and I can't imagine doing that another way because mm-hmm. um, it takes a lot to raise children. To raise, you know, kids are a lot. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. And uh, thank you so much. Um, I try really hard to be intentional. And I think there are times when I don't quite get it right, probably a lot of times. Um, but, you know, do my best because that's all we can all do is our yeah. best. And our best is different every time. Yes, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for coming on today and just sharing some insights that you have that may be new for some people, maybe a reminder from some people that this is something that they wanted to get back to. How can people get in touch with you? How can they reach out to you to learn Um, a little bit more from you? So probably the place where I'm most present, especially talking about parenting, is over on Instagram at The Working Montessori. Um, and then I also have a business page, which I'm not on as much since I work full-time in an agency, the observer's table. Um, so you can find me there working Montessori has a blog too, but as I was telling you earlier, I just don't have a lot of time for long form blogging right now. Um, so you'll find more posts over at working Montessori. Um, and then I did want to say before I hopped off, probably the other big resource that I use in my Montessori parenting journey. Um, and I forgot to pull both of her books that I own to show you, um, cause I reference them all the time. Um, her name is Aubrey Hargis and she is a Montessori practitioner and she has a really great book. If you're going to become a parent, that's on like a, an agent stage book, like for the first year, it's, um, it's, I think it's called the first year or the first 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from a Montessori perspective and it gives you like developmental milestones and activities every month, which was really helpful for me because I'm not great at coming up with activities. So I kind of needed that starting point. Mm -hmm. And then she has a a toddler discipline book that starts at one years old. um, That's really small because we don't all have time to read when you have a toddler Um, and it's by age. There's like a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old section. And then inside there, there's like um, by topic. So, oh, my child is throwing food at dinner and can like look right. at it. Um, and so those have both been really helpful and she has a really great um, Instagram too. And in this new homeschooling extravaganza that we're all doing, she actually does some homeschooling stuff because she homeschools her children. Um, but she has been a huge resource for me. So I just want to throw that out there. Oh, yeah. So you guys can show, find me at Working Montessori. You can see the crazy things we do in our house. Um, you can see how the quarter pound of wildflower seeds that my child and I sprinkled in our back flower garden turn out. We're going to see how many of those come up because it's going to be survival of the fittest with those flowers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're over there doing wild things, um, seeing Bash and me. Um, and I do not always look this put together <laughs> over there. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of crazy here. Um, but yeah, so I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to answer any questions that you might have. I will do my best. I'm definitely not a professional Montessori practitioner, just a parent trying to get it right in the stage we're in. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing a beautiful job and I love watching you guys continue to grow as a family. And I think it's beautiful. Well, I am going to sign off today, folks, and I hope that if you have any questions, you'll reach out to Danielle. As always, 
I'm a big lover of groupthink. So if you have a question, odds are somebody else has the same question and isn't asking it. So please ask it publicly so that Danielle can drop some knowledge bombs for everybody else as well. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs>